0: Hello there and welcome to the Sound of the Loons presented by Alina Health Orthopaedics. Callum Williams alongside Kindra D. St. Orbin. Later on we'll be joined by Colorado Rapids colour analyst and club legend Marcelo Balboa. But first, Kendra, let's... Go back a couple of days, shall we? Minnesota United uh, defeated at Austin FC. Um, before we get into the weeds, what were your general takeaways from the game?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think it was disappointing in in the result, clearly. Um, but I also think that if you asked any of the guys in in the in the room, that they would have felt disappointed in their performance, that they didn't get more opportunities, create more opportunities, and and the, the handful of chances that they did create, that they didn't finish them. I think that. Um, you know, Austin is a very difficult place to play, much like when teams come to Allianz Field. The environment is phenomenal. The team is in its second year. There's, there were doubters after their first season with Austin. And in the second season, they started out red hot. Then it gave a chance for people to criticize when they went to Portland and, and couldn't even muster a shot on gold. So now they feel like they've got something to prove. I don't think they like being... Um, you know, doubted or had all the negative press, like, oh, is this team for real? So I think that Austin um, came out with something to prove, and they know they've got to get three points at home. This isn't a league where you can give up those points at home. Mm. And so they're trying to capitalize on that moment, and, and Minnesota just didn't do what they needed to do. It looked a little bit disjointed once again in the attacking third of the field. And you just, when you have this kind of talent in the front third, and you have this kind of talent in your front four or front six or whatever formation you're playing, you expect to get more from that team from a goal-scoring standpoint, and they and they didn't do it, and I think uh, it's disappointing when you know the quality that they have.
0: Let's talk about the formation for Minnesota because so often it seems as though the staff is married to a four-two-three-one, but against Austin FC, it was a four-three-three. Rosales started in the centre of midfield alongside Will Trapp and Carbin Ariaga. A front three of Luis Amaria, who led the line, underneath him Robin Lord and Emmanuel Reynoso. It meant there was a little bit of a different look to this team was it the right look? What, what, what did you make of the look that we saw?
1: Well, I thought going into the match when we kind of were keeping an eye on training throughout the week, I thought, you know what? This 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 could make sense. I mean, Reynoso yep. has been having a hard time staying on the ball, keeping the ball centrally. Clearly teams are trying to mark him, take him out of his game. We've seen it before. We can start a little bit more in those wide spaces, not as a true winger, but get forward and, and have more to do with the attack than uh, less responsibilities necessarily in midfield, and he can still find a way to create. So when we saw what, what the shape was turning out to be throughout the week, and, and seeing it was going to be a four-three-three, I thought Joseph uh, Rosales deserved an opportunity to start in that match, and gives a little bit of a bite and a connector in that midfield with Caraben Ariaga, you know, providing what we know he can on both sides of the ball, and Will Trap can kind of stay home. So I had no issue with the four-three-three. Yep. It was just the way it. Lacked execution, so I didn't think there was an issue with the formation and and Adrian throwing it out there and with the personnel He chose no problem whatsoever I just think that more needed to be done by the players that were actually on the pitch um, Completing what was being asked of them
0: The one positive from that loss was I thought from a defensive point of view Minnesota United offered a lot. I thought Michael Boxall um, had one of the best games I've seen for a, for a long time. Um, he continues to be as consistent as they come. It was a first start in Major League Soccer for Kimar Lawrence at Minnesota United. Um, we have said before, um, since the addition of Kimar Lawrence, that we think if, if this turns out to be the Kimar Lawrence that we know it can be, and the Kimar Lawrence that we saw at Red Bulls and at Andelect's. This is almost a perfect signing. It's almost too perfect for the way that Adrian Heath likes to play with the fullbacks marauding forward.
1: Yeah, and I think it goes back to the whole the thought process that depth in any position can't be a negative. I mean, we're dealing with that right now with uh, Hassani Dotson playing right back. And not that they don't have other options. You know, you have DJ Taylor, you have O'Neal Fisher, but you want Hassani Dotson on the field because he's a quality player and can keep the ball and has learned to defend pretty dang well 1v1 in those wide spaces. But if Romal Metsanir was fit, and healthy and able to go day in and day out. And I don't know who's going to start there this week, but we've seen him, Hassani Dotson, play there in the past. So having options like a Kamar Lawrence, whether he's starting coming off the bench, if he can give you 90, if he can give you 60 as he's working Mm -hmm. back to his his fitness, it's not just about his quality and his willingness to get forward. He whips in a really great ball from that left-hand side, and we've seen it in training. He can do it from a distance. He can do it from the end line. He can cut in. But the communication, I think, and the leadership he brings as a veteran – as a player who's been around for a bit and right away from the first day he stepped on at training the communication with his teammates, you could sense that he knows what's expected of him and others around him, even though he's new, because he knows what a fullback and an outside back and particularly a left-footed, left-sided fullback, what is being asked of him in this system and with this club, that he's not afraid to speak up and say, hey, I need you here. I need you there. This is where you need to be. So I think this is all um, good stuff, good things. And and, you know, Chase Gasper is trying to work his way back in, and and we don't know what the, the current status of him, but again, the depth and the quality is what you want as a club and competition more than anything, and I think Kamar Lawrence could be that as long as he stays chipper and positive and and chatty Mm -hmm. like we've seen him so far at training, happy to be here minus the snow and the frigid temperatures.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the less we talk about the snow and the temperatures the better, I think. Um, When you look down at the bench for Minnesota United, there's an abundance of players who you would consider slightly unfortunate to, to not be in the starting 11 against Austin FC. One in particular, I think, is Brent Coleman, who has hardly put a foot wrong all season, but it, it shows how strong the squad is. It shows the depth when you've got somebody like a Kalman on the bench, but then the likes of Debassi and Boxwell don't miss a beat.
1: Yeah, and I, I just I wanna give a lot of credit to the back line because we've talked over the last few years about how they've at times bailed out the lack of offense and lack of scoring and we're not just talking about this current stretch where Minnesota hasn't lost a ton of games but they've also not scored a lot of goals and I think that what's important is that this back line has stood firm and they've done their job and I think that Brent Coleman just happens to be the odd man out in this scenario. He has played fantastic in that center back role right alongside Michael Boxel. DeBossi steps back into that left center back role currently but I think once again that you have options if you had to go with a three center back situation then you know that they're going to feel more comfortable with each other. They're not going to miss a beat if you had to switch it up at some point, depending on what the game gives you or what the personnel gives you. I think this back line has just been, you know, lights out. And I, I just don't know if they get enough credit. I love that Boxwell was man of the match in the last game because he deserved it. And, um, you know, too oftentimes we talk about goal scores or lack thereof. And instead, we're, we're going to focus a little bit on the back line, and they deserve it.
0: Yep, the backline will have to continue in their wonderful ways this coming weekend as Minnesota United host Colorado Rapids at Allianz Field will preview that match after the break. injury takes you out of the game it's time for your team to step up at Alina health orthopedics you'll get expert care backed by a whole health system of providers with convenient locations virtual options and an app that gives you 24 7 access to your records test results and care team you're always close to the care that you need schedule now at alinahealthorg slash ortho Everyone, welcome back to The Sound of the Loons, presented by Alina Health Orthopedia. It's Callum Williams alongside Kindra D. St. Aubin, now joined by United States soccer legend and Colorado Rapids broadcaster, Marcelo Balbal. Marcelo, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. How are you?
2: I am great. A uh, little windy here. Thank you for having me on again. And I think everybody's looking forward to getting out of this uh, windy state right now.
0: Well, um, we've got some bad news for you, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not much better here, in fact it may even be worse, it's snowing here at the moment, recording this on Thursday afternoon, it's, uh, it's really coming oh, down, boy. so uh, yeah, sorry about that, <laughs> either way, look, um, I think a lot of people will say it's decent soccer weather, and a lot of people are excited about this game, it's always an interesting challenge when Colorado Rapids come to town, um, what have we made of the Rapids so far this season?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I think that uh, right now, is like anything else, they're trying to find their feet. It's still early in the season. The difference is nowadays the expectations over the last two years here for this group is much higher than it's ever been in this club. So the, the, the loss to Dallas was a big blow because they, they felt they were in the game. They had plenty of chances in the first half. So it's like anything else. How do you bounce back from a three-to-one defeat, but also um, how do you bounce back against a team that you know is playing at home that's also trying to find their feet, that's trying to find the rhythm. I think both teams are in a point where they're not very clinical in front of goal, and I think it's cost them a little bit.
1: And, Marcelo, when you say that that the Colorado Rapids are trying to find their feet right now, and you look at the roster and you look at the lineup that was thrown out there against Dallas, what is it in particular that they're trying to find their feet with, especially knowing that Robin Frazier now has had more time with this group and his system, his style, what's being asked of the players and a lot of the starters and the players are returning from last season. So what is it that they're trying to find their feet with?
2: It's in front of the goal. That's been the biggest issue right now. You know, everybody keeps talking about a nine. Colorado's found a nine. Is Rubio the nine? Rubio's been scoring goals, which he's been good. But, you know, Barrios has, I think, three assists hasn't scored yet. So you mean that that's what I mean is trying to find your feet because Robin's had this group now pretty much for two years, two and a half years, they understand the system, the way they want to attack the way they want to move the ball. So for me, it's like anything else. It, it's being clinical. It's being a little bit more stubborn, a little bit more aggressive in front of goal. And and when you do have some chances like they did in the first 45 minutes against Dallas is, is making, uh, at least putting one or two away to, to make life a little easier.
0: Marcelo, what what exactly is that system and that Colorado Rapids identity at the moment?
2: You know what? I think everybody knows that it's. Uh, you can go with a 5-2-3. You can call it a 3-4-3. Three, three. But Colorado plays with five with the two wingbacks. We know that Lucas gets into the attack. Uh, Keegan Rosenberg gets into the attack with Jack Price. And allowing Mark Anthony K to release a little bit more, Rubio... Uh, running free up front with, with Barrios and depending on Max or Jonathan Lewis, pinching in almost as three center forward. So it's, it's an, an understanding that they've had. And you've seen, they've been pretty stubborn over the last few years, giving up goals will take away the Dallas game. But this is a team that that's going to fight. That's going to scratch. That's going to play attractive soccer. Now it's like anything else. We know the hardest part. We all know this, the hardest part about soccer is being able to put the ball in the back of the net, and I think that's probably the one area that, that Colorado right now seems to be lacking a little bit
1: in. And when you talk about the back line and, and the different way we could look at it as three backs, so you could look at it as five backs with the wing backs and, and those players getting in on the attack. How crucial is Jack Price going to be once again, and what the Colorado is want to do on on both sides of the ball?
2: Well, listen, when when and you know this, Ken, When we when you throw the wing backs forward. Now, all of a sudden you're throwing five guys into the attack. So it's important, especially with three in the back to have a guy like Jack price, organizing people in front of him, making sure he's filling in the gaps that he's not allowing his team to get too separated from front to back and width, and, and he does a great job at that. And that allows Mark Anthony K now to get into the attack a little bit more, not a lot because we see Jack play more of a six and Mark Anthony K. Just slip into that eight roll, not too far, but then you'll see him drop into a double six. So, listen, Jack's always key on this team. And when you talk about organization, if somebody has to lay a tackle, he lays the tackle. But what he does on set pieces is what made Colorado pretty successful over the last three years.
0: Not too many changes from a personnel point of view, Marcelo, but the one individual I noticed in the game against Dallas was uh, Max Alvista Silva, um, a Brazilian midfielder, just 20 years of age, on loan from Flamengo. What is his role and and what is the expectation for the 20-year-old moving forward?
2: Uh, I think the expectation is like anything else. He's come in they've done a great job of showing him video uh, showing him opportunities of where and what he can do and what he needs to do to fit into the system and uh, on the ball and on the field uh, and you watch him at practice he's smooth he finds the space he likes to go forward so it's like anything else when when you play right now for the colorado rapids there's got to be a sacrifice of going forward but you have to sacrifice and do the defensive work. And I think that's where he's learning right now, learning where to be defensively, how to shut a guy down, how Colorado likes to press. But again, if you look at this group, the, uh, Lucas Young, uh, Max Young, so they're looking at uh, Vaisea Young. So it's it's a very young group that's still – Uh, the newer guys trying to understand the system that Robin wants to play.
1: When you look at the record currently of the Colorado Rapids, at least from an MLS regular season standpoint with two, two, and two, does it feel like there's a, uh, the sky is falling. Is there, I mean, even in Minnesota United, when you have a good roster and you have quality <laughs> in your roster, and now Minnesota with back to back losses, regardless of how the losses came or ones at home and ones on the road, you know, the, the fan base and everybody else can, you know, get to the sky is falling aspect. How do, how do you see the Rapids in this moment?
2: Listen, the sky was falling when we lost LSE the opening game. People forgot that we played in the snow in Champions League, and then you go over and play Saturday afternoon to LFC. The world was falling apart here in Colorado. That's what I mean about expectations, and I think the same in Minnesota. The expectations of what you guys have done over the last few years has set up a nice, a nice mentality of of your fan base of your group, just like here in Colorado. Not even close. Uh, as you can see, about a week ago, ten days ago, they re-signed Robin Fraser. Uh, this is a team that knows what they need to do. They see what they want. They see the path and how they want to take it. Uh, the culture has changed here. The mentality's changed here. So, no, the sky's not falling. We all know that it's a long season. It's not how you start it. It's how you finish the season. So there's, there's no sky falling yet. But you know how it is. When you lose two, three, maybe, you don't get a win in four. You're tying here and there. People tend to be passionate about, we'll use the word passionate, about their uh, about their teams.
0: Suddenly one way of looking at it.
2: Um, <laughs>
0: let, let, me, <laughs> let, let me ask you, uh, Marcelo, about Minnesota United then. How have they looked from an outsider's point of view this season?
2: Oh, you know, um, God, it's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. We were talking about it today. Sometimes you know what you're going to get, and certain days you don't know what you're going to get. Like I watched the Austin game. And I thought to myself, okay, they could have easily lost two, three, nothing. But then they also could have won that game three to two. So consistency, I think, it is what the word is right now at this early stage for teams it is trying to get their feet underneath them, trying to get consistent players on the field, and trying to play a consistent style of soccer.
1: What does that look like when you see you've seen enough Minnesota United games now? And I know you got a lot going on, but when you see Minnesota United clicking, what does it look like from your perspective?
2: You know, I, I don't like to see Minnesota clicking, especially on the week they play Colorado. So if you guys want to click any other time and it's flowing, go for it. But now nah, listen, you, this it's the same as us. You're a team that's possession oriented. When you find the right players and elude and you find guys like Reynoso, you're, you're a dangerous team. You knock it around. Reynoso takes control of the midfield. You're solid in the back. You know, say and goal, solid goalkeeper, so, again, the only thing I see sometimes is when you give up a goal, sometimes the heads go down and it seems like it's almost forced soccer. But, again, this is a team that's only, what, what are we, in? six games in and is still trying to find a little bit of their legs and usually don't see that at least till about 12 games
0: in. Marcelo, what, what do you expect the Rapids to do then at Allianz Field? Do, do we expect it to be a back five again and perhaps them go a, a little more direct?
2: Um, you know, they went direct here at home a little bit because the, the pitch isn't that great. It's still, we're still in dormant here. The grass is starting to grow. So it's a little bumpy. So you saw them play a little bit more direct. I don't expect them to be playing a lot of long balls. I think you'll see the same rapids you've seen over the last two years, a team that's going to come out. That'll press you at times. It'll sit back at time. They'll come out in their, in their basic five, two, three or three, four, three, whatever you want to go with and they'll try to press you to make mistakes in that final third. But uh, I I don't see them changing much. Maybe the mentality of what you saw against Dallas, the first 45 minutes, high-flying team pressing and trying to get an early goal.
0: Okay, Um, let's move on from Minnesota United, Colorado Rapids briefly, shall we? And we'll talk about the CONCACAF Champions League because for the fifth time, at least in the modern Champions League era, Major League Soccer have a finalist, let's remind ourselves, shall we? Real Salt Lake lost to Monterey in 2011. Montreal Impact lost to Club America in 2015. Chivas Guadalajara were able to defeat Toronto FC in 2018. Tigres got the better of LAFC in 2020. And now, in three weeks' time, it'll be Pumas against Seattle Sounders over two legs. Marcelo, it feels as though this is perhaps the best opportunity Major League Soccer have had to claim this trophy. But also, that's not the first time we've said this either.
2: No, I remember going back to the Toronto Chivas game. I thought Toronto was going to win that game. Montreal, the same thing. I thought they were right there. So I think this team is built a little differently. Um, when you look at Seattle, the way they play, the good thing is they go to UNAM first, and then they come back and play the final leg at home on the turf, something that that Unam's not used to. I think when you look at this team, you've got tons of experience with the Jordan Morris's and you look at the Roldan brothers, you look at Fry, the way he played last night, absolutely was fantastic. So, you know, I'm talking about Reef up top, or, you know what I mean? So I think you're looking at a team that's well-balanced. I think you're looking at a team that can go forward, it can be dangerous, that's good defensively. So when you, we can say that again, this could be the best chance we have right now because there is no Club America. There is no Monterey. There is no, the big teams that we're used to seeing in uh, in Champions League, so again, I, I, again, it's a game. Anything can happen in, in a two leg series, but I would think that uh, that Seattle has the horses right now, unless something happens in the next three weeks. That they were, I, I would think the percentages lean their way right now.
1: Feels different this year, Kane. Yeah, I think so too. I think what we've seen with Seattle, and and we always knew that the there's clubs that were esteemed worthy of taking home that trophy but could never pull it off. And I, I often wonder what is it that makes it so difficult besides just maybe if people want to talk talent, but schedule-wise where where teams are in their season. But I do think that Brian Schmetzer and this group and what they accomplished even last year when they switched to that five-back formation and you didn't have Jordan Morris and Miss Lodera for most of the season, people questioned them and their ability to try to get wins in MLS regular season. And I think that it kind of put another layer to Seattle Sounders and what they want to accomplish and how they can prove people wrong. And I think this looks different. The way they went to NYCFC last night, I thought they were in control the entire game. And I, I just think this is a Seattle Sounders team that could quite possibly pull it off this season. But I I still kind of wonder, I'm watching the different iterations of these finals when MLS has gotten into it, and even just CCL in general, why is it so difficult? Why is it so difficult to bring home that that trophy? Marcelo, do you have a, a thought on that?
2: You know what? It's difficult to, to play in Mexico, no matter where you go, each stadium has their, and I can give you from experience. When we played at Leon, uh, we left the grass a little longer. When you go to, when you go to Santos, cause the desert, they leave the heart, that they leave the field hard as a rock. When you go to Azteca, you know, you're playing on almost 78, 80 yard wide pitch with the altitude and 120 length. So everybody has their little bit of advantage at home. So the problem is again, most of the times when we get into this point, our teams aren't that far into the season. So the Mexican teams are already towards the end. We're talking about them going into playoffs. This is different. This is different. We started earlier. They're six games in they're fit. This is the competition that they're going for. So they're sacrificing some of the league games right now in order to make sure they're fit and they're ready to go. So it does it does feel different. I, I agree with Kendra hundred percent. This feels different. Like this team is built to win this championship.
0: We'll we'll cross this particular bridge when we come to it, Marcelo, but for, for several years now, um I, I've said that I think it would benefit Major League Soccer if they had teams competing in the Copa Libertadores. Um I know it's that's a lot easier said than done. Um Adrian Heath tends to agree with me on this one as well. But what what do we yeah. think what do we think a win in the ccl would do for major league soccer uh,
2: let me let me go back to copa libertadores i agree with you guys the only problem is is the travel travel, the yeah. <laughs> travel will be a night absolute nightmare for a lot of teams having to go if you have to play on a tuesday night you play saturday you know what i mean so i think there's there's mexico listen the mexican the mexican teams did it for a while and they've realized how difficult the travel was and with two different seasons in mexico it made it very challenging for them to make that. But I do agree. I think that eventually we've got to get a few teams in there and see how it goes. But again, it's a, it's an important tournament. I think it's important for us to be able to win this, especially right now when the, the U S national team has taken advantage of these young players, this new generation of players In four games, they've beaten them three and tied one. And which is important. And Azteca taken that point, beating them at the club level, is showing them that the gap is closing between MLS and Liga Mekis, which would be a huge step for for MLS and the fan base. So there's just a few little things, but again, this is this this could be a a a, a very loud message to Liga Mekis and and to the fan base.
0: Well, Marcelo, look, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Last question for you before we let you go. We know you've got a game to prepare for. In terms of this game on Saturday between Minnesota United and Colorado Rapids, where do you think the main and major difference will be in terms of somebody, someone coming up with a victory?
2: Um, I think tactically. I think that can can Minnesota handle the five guys that Colorado's going to throw into the five zones when they attack against the four-back system? When you've got four-back, you've got a center forward planted in between the two center backs. You've got a forward planted in between the left center back and the outside back and the same on the other side. That doesn't include the two wing backs that are getting into the attack. So can Minnesota stop those five from hitting key positions in between the back four of Minnesota? I think that's where the key is going to come from.
0: My thanks to our special guest, Marcelo Balboa, Kendra D. St. Albin as always, and expert button presser, Andrea Correa. And, of course, to you at home for listening. You've been listening to The Sound of the Loons presented by Alina Health Orthopaedics.